Today's show is sponsored by Black Star Line Cigars, where cigars are a daily operation. Shop custom blend cigars, infused cigars, and other products at www.blackstarline.shop. This is Faith, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Over Everything podcast, where I cover everything, whether it's pop culture, religion, politics, relationships, fashion, beauty, entertainment, black culture, whatever is on your hearts and minds, we are talking about it on the show. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode available on all your favorite streaming platforms and enjoy the show. Welcome back, uh, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. And I have a very special guest on with me today. Um, Her name is Dr. Lulu. And um, she and I connected via Instagram. Uh, But just a little bit about her. She's a life coach. Um, She's a speaker. She's an author. um, And... I am just excited to have her on. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lulu. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Tell us a little bit more because something that stands out on your Instagram profile is that author of coaching parents on acceptance and supporting of their queer children. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, just the the bottom line is that somebody has to do the work. And I think my, my middle son... So I have three children. My eldest, who is now identifies as non-binary, but he used to be my eldest son, now my eldest child or young adult, because they don't identify as a male anymore. They identify as non-binary. We can talk about that later. But okay. I say this because they used to be my FMC, which is first man child, MMC, middle man child, and LMC, last man child. So my MMC, which is my middle man child, actually did a, a little um, Google search when I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to coach parents of, of queer kids. And so he went on a Google search and, and on page 22, when he got to page 22 of Google, he said, mom, I can't search anymore. There's no one. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's no one on the internet like you. Mm. I'm the only black female physician, Nigerian mom, dreadlock. I mean, you name it. Who is doing this work? We found two white parents. One of them is a coach. The other one is just, I don't know, maybe she's LGBT. That are also coaches of parents of queer kids. But I'm the one, the only. So I like to say a lot that when you've been given a message, to deliver, you must deliver it fearlessly. And God, the angels, the universe will send you everyone you need, everything you need along your way. And even the good book says the angels will protect you so you won't fall and bash your head or crush your foot against a stone. So I'm all about doing the work that I have been put on my heart, has been put on my heart to do. And I say that because people like Martin Luther King, just because I know he's famous, or even Rosa Parks. I mean, whoever you know that's been an activist, an advocate, they didn't, they didn't do it because there were other people doing it. They did it because they were the only ones that, in their mind, in their heart, that saw that needed to do it. And so they went forth, afraid and all. Mm. And fear plus action equals courage. 
So they went out of college. And if if the Martin Luther Kings didn't exist or the even the Malcolm X's, if they didn't exist, I wouldn't exist. But they made the way and they had a dream. Rosa Parks didn't know what she was doing when she was like, you know what? Today I just know I'm not gonna stand. And and my car, my brand new car that I bought for my retirement, has a sticker that says, Women who behave rarely make history. Mm. And that's important. Obviously, I know. It might be a man that wrote that, but maybe most likely a feminist, a woman that felt so comfortably in her own shoes that she said, you know what? If you behave, then you're just like one of the others. So yeah. to the world, you're like, you're not behaving. That's why you're making history. Awesome. A Tubman did not behave. That's that cool. made history. So I'm here to not necessarily make history, but I'm here to just love and support my child. And if you want to love and support your child too, Come along and I'll help you. And and that's kind of, that's all she wrote. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I know when we initially spoke, you said you used to actually practice medicine, right? Were you a pediatrician? I'm a pediatrician. I think once a physician, always a physician. Yeah. Um, one of the tattoos that I'm going to get, my, my ninth tattoo will state peds for life, hashtag peds for life. Because I used to sign that. When I was still practicing, I used to sign, finish all my posts with hashtag peds for life. So I am a pediatrician for life. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not actively practicing medicine. You know, I used to be in the military too. I'm no longer active duty military. So I'm no longer active duty medicine, mm-hmm. but I am a pediatrician forever in my heart. One, two, I'm a healer. And I think I, I prefer that. I don't write prescriptions anymore. But I'm protecting children from killing themselves by getting their parents to see them for who they are. I think that is the ultimate form of God's work. And I think physicians are doing God's work. But this one, to prevent someone from killing themselves, that's God's work. That's it. Mm, Yeah. I want to dig a little bit deeper now. I know you mentioned, um, so you're Nigerian, right? And I know you mentioned that your oldest uh, child kind of came out as non-binary. How familiar were you with this lifestyle when he came out? And what was your initial reaction? Thank you for the question. I think the first things first, um, I'll take out the, the word or the phrase lifestyle. Okay. It is a way of life. It's not the same. And I say that because in the black spaces, even in white, Jewish, whatever, Asian spaces, people who don't know enough will insert words that may or may not, in their mind, that's okay. Mm. But acknowledging the phrase lifestyle acknowledges the word choice in in this whole thing. Mm. And people want to think that it's a choice. And I like that. I like that they think that because I'm here to tell them that who do you know that chooses, chooses to live a life that people are going to ostracize you and possibly kill you mm. for being It's like, I chose to be black. Really? Mm. But people ostracize me and want to kill me because I'm black. That's not a choice. And let me tell you something. As black and as proud as I am, I was to come back again. Father, Lord Jesus, whoever, the Buddha, do not make me too heavy. It's heavy on my neck. Wow. Kneel on my neck until I die because mm. I'm no other reason. 
And so let's draw a parallel. I didn't choose to be black. I didn't choose to be gay either. I don't fight because of my own sexuality. I fight because of my child, because I'm a pediatrician and a mom. And so I go by momatrician. I am, it's actually a registered trademark. The word momatrician is my trademark. And so I'm a mom and I'm a pediatrician. And so I'm fighting for the children who don't have a voice because you can, I'll take you one and I'll knock you out. But when it comes to my child, I'll take my feelings off. And that I think what parents need to do forever. Yesterday, your child was loving and everything. And then today they come out to you and suddenly you hate your child. Is that for God? Can someone please explain to me where in the good book he says, you can hate your child if your child comes out as gay. Since people want to go there for reference. Mm. Tell me that. You're putting that because that's what you want. Parents want their kids to become the adult that they dreamed of. They forget that inside of that dream somewhere, you need to insert the reality of your child. And I'm not here as a parent who knew everything or who knows everything. I'm here as a parent who actually struggled with my own child's sexuality. I knew my eldest was gay when they were two. And I used to cry to God, why give me a black gay child in America? And I spell America with three Ks. Yes. But I said, God, why did you give me a black gay child who is male presenting? Now I have to use the word, the phrase male presenting because then I said, son, now I say male presenting. There are always other words you can choose. Right. So I used to cry to God, why give me a gay child? And then I realized it hit me on the head. This is why I was given a gay child. This is why I was given a non-binary child to do this work. Because even Jesus, on the day of his death, he said, Father, Lord, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. Because even Jesus didn't want to drink. Then he said, but not my will, not my weakness, not my fears, not my insecurities, not all the shame and whatever that guilt that I have, but your will. And so for me, I'm like, you know what, Father? Thank you for giving me this wisdom to see like the wisdom of a child, to accept but what I understand and what I don't understand. But first and foremost, to love, which is the one commandment you gave it, to love first and everything. You know, God knew what he was doing when he said, love thy neighbor. That's the first and only commandment after loving him. You know why? Because he knew that we are sneak, we are messy. He knew that humans are going to other each other. Humans are going to insert hatred. Humans are going to insert othering. Oh, you're not black or you're not white or your hair is nappy. Or they're going to find mess. And so he made it very clear. He didn't say love your Jewish neighbor. He didn't say love your African neighbor. He didn't say love your any qualification. He just said, and by the way, he said, forgive us as we forgive, which means forgive first. Yeah. So when people come at me, they don't know that I used to teach Bible study. They don't know that I can quote the Bible better than them and tell them, you know what? I will love my child fiercely. Yes. My child, let the heavens come for me because I've been given my child for a finite time on earth. Hmm. After time is done, what am I going to tell him when I get there? I hated my child to the point that my child took to the streets and started doing drugs and killed themselves. Really? 
Is that the report you want to give? Well, good luck. Then you're not my tribe. Because mm. I'm out of 8 billion people on earth, my tribe is out there. Those who do sincerely want to learn and love and support even without understanding. Okay, now let me cut you off real quick. And I just want to say everything that you have said is so powerful. Okay, so this this is a very important conversation. So thank you so much again. Um, I don't know how often you go back home to Nigeria. I'm just wondering what's the culture like there for um, your son and for others like him in the LGBTQ plus community? Are they more accepting now or are they really rigid? What's it like there? Is it volatile there for them or would they be comfortable in that setting, in that culture? So so it's a good question. And only because I'm trying my best to also do right by my own child, no longer identifies as a son, but just a young adult person, human, whatever you like to say, also doesn't go by he, him. Again, because as a mother, after 23 years, I had to unlearn and relearn. And if my brain can do it, anybody's brain can do it. And Nigeria is quite like Texas. People ask me on Nigeria, it's like Texas. We just had the governor of Texas sign a bill two weeks ago that girls who identify as or oh, trans girls cannot play sports and you know so hatred is everywhere it didn't originate in nigeria is not worse in nigeria okay Trans women get killed every single day in america so it's and i'm happy that people ask that question it's good because i'm nigerian proudly so but i, I bring them back to the fact that hatred has no boundaries just like love has no boundaries And so while Nigerians are just as homophobic as Americans, love will conquer. Love is the light, is the lethal weapon. It's going to be one heart at a time. Again, I'm not here to judge anyone or make anyone. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Please go about your merry way. In fact, the good book said, Apostle Peter told told the other apostles, when you go to a town, and no one accepts you there. You need to dust your feet mm-hmm. and don't come back. Mm-hmm. So it's not for everyone. Just like in the Bible, the apostles were they were told, no, you don't have, if you get there and they're not welcoming, dust your feet. Go away. Leave them alone in their ignorance. And that's okay. I'm not gonna lose my hair that I barely have trying to convince someone who doesn't want to. No, my job is to talk to those who do. So even as homophobic as Nigeria is, my mother is in Nigeria. She is no longer homophobic. You know why? Because when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's homophobic in Nigeria, Ghana, wherever. You get to go to jail for 14 years if you're homophobic, if you're, if you're a gay or LGBT. Wow. As, even as we know now, the studies have shown that most intense homophobes are actually closeted gays. Yeah. I didn't make the rule. The, the study was actually published in the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. So I'm not making up anything. I'm not saying anything, Dr. Lulu. No, you look it up. Thank God for Google. Look it up. Most <laughs> homophobes are closeted gays. And so that brings us to the why. Why does my child's existence threaten you so much? If it's not that you have your own insecurities and your own fears that you haven't dealt with, 
your little log in your eye, but you see the speck in my son's eye? No, I don't think so. I love so, it. Say people should just, yeah, there's homophobic. They're in Ghana right now, they're trying to pass a bill. There's a hashtag kill the bill in Ghana where they're trying to pass a bill of all kinds of things to arrest them and all these things. And yet these people themselves are gay. They have anal sex. They do all of these things in hiding. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, most people think about LGBTQ+, and only think about anal sex. And I say that mm. because at 52 years old, there's no word that I'm not going to say. I'm yeah. not going to find a way to say that. No, because that's what they're thinking. No one's thinking about the three-year-old child who is non-binary. No one is thinking about a four-year-old child who is asexual. No one is thinking about a five-year-old child who is intersex. None of those people have had any kind of sexual experience. Sexuality is one thing. Who are you physically, emotionally, intellectually, uh, romantically attracted to? That's sexuality. Gender is another thing. How do you feel deep inside? Do you really feel like a girl? I've always felt like a girl. I'm a girly girl all day. But when I was commander in the US Air Force, my spouse, my wife, my soon-to-be ex-wife said, she swore that I had an expression of a man because I wear my uniform as a commander and I walk like a commander. And so that's a gender expression. But a gender identity, the way I feel inside till I die is a girl all day. Now there are people who feel that way. And just like I can't, you can't question my girly feeling, I cannot question that you're trans. Who gives me the audacity to do that? This is your life. Can I ask you a question? I'm learning a lot. (laughs) Just to put that out there. I'm really learning a lot. Um, What, how would you respond to people that say being trans is a mental illness? I say to them that that being straight is a mental illness. It's a a very easy answer. Okay. (laughs) It's also a mental illness. And and that's it. I I don't, and I don't need to qualify that as a physician work with suicidal teenagers. Mm. I say to that person that they, their own identity is a mental illness. And I say it this way because mental illness or schizophrenia or madness is doing something over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So if in your mind you're thinking that I'm crazy, I also think that you're crazy. It's sometimes, I'm not Michelle Obama. I'm not trying to say when they go low, they go high. No, I'm okay with matching your energy because I'm a mom. And you, if you don't believe me, you try to pick a baby chick where the mom is there. And when they are done pecking at your eyes, you will know that you should never mess with a, a hen, an ordinary chicken that you eat every day. You try to mess with one of their chicks. And so, yeah, I don't think um, being non-binary is a mental illness. As a matter of fact, that is the ultimate form of ignorance because right now, as of 1995, I think, the, um, the American Psychiatric Association took out the word mental illness from LGBT. So you see the level of ignorance. So I say to that person, you being straight is a mental illness. You try that for fit. I'm not here to impress anybody. But one thing I would not do though, is allow someone to belittle my child who is a Stanford graduate, who graduated with the honors, the best 
graduating students from the College of Arts and Science at Stanford last year. That's who we're talking about. So I'm not talking about just a random person here. Straight A student throughout five-time spelling bee champion in the state of South Carolina. This is the person we're discussing. So if you think that person is mentally ill, I think you are mentally ill for thinking that. It's as simple as that. And then we can meet outside and everybody take off their earrings and let's go. It's, it's important for people to not be allowed to bask in ignorance because it's not bliss anymore. It's dangerous. And actually for some people, it's life-threatening. We have kids that jump into their deaths every day. 40% of these children die by suicide or 25% of them, you know, 20, 25 to 20 to 35% of them, excuse me, 20 to 35% of them have attempted suicide. Up to 40% of them are contemplating suicide. That is too many human beings for me to mm. sit here and accept somebody's ignorance. No. And if they don't know who I am, they can find me on, on the internet and they can come to my house. We can have a chit chat. But ignorance is no longer bliss because people are dying every day. So the question is, do you want a gay child or a gone, G-O-N-E child? Mm. Hey guys, I'm Shari. And I'm Sharice. And we are the Optimistic Divorcees, two happily divorced women who are optimistic about life, but real about love. Catch our new podcast on your favorite podcast platform with new episodes dropping every Monday, where we talk about life, love, and everything in between. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Opt Divorcees. That's T-H-E-O-P-T-D-I-V-O-R-C-E-E-S. Bye. Dr. Lulu, um... Tell us more about the services you provide for parents um, in terms of coaching them on how to accept and, you know, deal with, I don't want to say deal with, but how to accept their child for who they truly are. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even dare to go into deal with, and that's, a, that's an okay phrase. And okay. I say because a lot of times the person that needs to change, the person that needs to adapt is never ever the child the child is who they are already the parent is the one that is going to go through their own grieving process it's a thing it's a real thing mm-hmm. rather than looking at the child as coming out i want you to look at yourself as coming in and the child allowing you to come in to their world i say that because a lot of people have a lot of intolerance but if your boss did the same thing you would yell at your kid for. Would you yell at your boss? A lot of times the answer is no, because you're going to have no job tomorrow. Parents, what do we do? We have a lot of intolerance for our kids. We yell and scream. And if yelling could work, you would only have to do it one time. And so one of the things I do is teach a class called Parenting Without Yelling. But also I teach a class called the ABCDE+. Of accepting your LGBTQ plus child. Mm. And then I have a Facebook group called Positively Parenting Your LGBTQ Plus Child. And just yesterday we crossed 2,100 parents. Wow. And I just, just started it in January. So there are human beings out there, and you, your, your only condition is do you want, do you have an LGBTQ plus child? Yes. Are you willing to start loving? accepting and supporting. I don't even put the word understanding because 
The truth is, those people who took the Bible, there are many things that they don't understand. But guess what? They accept. So you are not supposed to understand everything. We're only using 10% of our brains. And if you're insisting that you need to understand it first, that's a limiting belief. Because the truth is, there's a lot that your kids can teach you. There's a lot that people that you can teach me. And I love that I can teach you too. And so allowing for the learning process is quick. So one of the other things I do is coach the parents on that. But ultimately my clients come to me because their child is gay, their child is out, their child is trans. And then by the third or fourth session, they realize that they are the ones that need to adapt because you can only change yourself. The only person you can control truly is you. Yeah. And so when you start focusing on something differently, that thing that you focus changes. If you focus on it too much, it gets bigger. So what we do is we start looking at the things that you can do to make your home a safe place for your child. Like literally. Because by the time your child comes out to you, I promise you, they've been going through this in their mind for weeks and months, years maybe sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid to come out to you because maybe it wasn't safe. Maybe they heard you make a snide remark about the gay person. Maybe they heard you say something homophobic. Maybe you wouldn't let their friends come because you think their friends are gay and therefore, whatever it is that the child feels threatened, the child is not going to come out to you. And this is a story that is coming from someone who lived this. I've known my child was gay from when they were two, but it took me everything in my power to finally come to terms with, oh my God, my child is black and gay and male presenting in America. And now you're tossing non-binary? What the heck does that mean? What is that? What's going to happen? I was genuinely afraid. I didn't know what non-binary meant. So, Dr. Lulu, let me ask you this because you mentioned, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned that you had a wife, right? Yeah, we're going through a divorce. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so were you gay when your son came out? I've been gay since I was 16. I told my dad. Okay. So that's, before, that's before my child was even thought about. But you, so that's why it's interesting to me because you mentioned how you were so afraid because your child was male presenting. Was it just because of the vitriol that black men get when they're gay or was it because like, where did that come from? My child is a trifecta. Black male presenting and gay it's a trifecta people kill them just for breathing when i was 16 i told my dad that i I thought i like girls and my dad said i think it's a phase but i want you to see with my own personal story the way it works because i wanted to please my father i married a man i did everything i was supposed to do quote unquote right then i realized you know what i'm just as attracted to I'm just going to toss out, I don't know, Naomi Campbell, not that I am, toss out as a woman, and Elba as a man. I'm just as attracted to the two of them. Maybe I'm bisexual. And that's the thing. And I'm now proudly owning that. I prefer queer because I like that word. But yes, I'm equally attracted to John Legend as I am, I don't know, what's that black, Regina King. It's just, it is. And and that is a personal thing for me. I'm not carrying a flag all about town saying that. But if I get in a space where I need to, I'm going to say it because I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. I'm 
ally. I'm also a member of the community, but I'm more importantly a mother. It's a different energy altogether. I push myself to the back burner. We will have been 10 years married. I was 13 years married to my ex-husband, and we will have been 10 years married to my ex, soon to be ex-wife this year. And then on New Year's Day, we decided to call it quits. Sometimes it's best to call it quits. Life is too short to try to patch something that's not working out. And so today we're actually friends. I just gave her her Christmas gift the other day because I don't know when I'm going to see her around Christmas, but I'm going to see her around Christmas. So the point I'm trying to make is it's a thing. It's a thing. And, and it didn't work out. I won't be the first person to be divorced twice, twice. And if I am, great. So I am. Good. I won't, it won't be the first time I'm the first person to do something. Right. I'm proud of that. So, but when I told my dad and my dad said that, I, I realized it's not safe. And a lot of times, children can be pushed back in the closet. And that's kind of what happened with me. It was no longer safe. My father was not a safe person to tell because my father didn't think it was anything but a phase. And so what did I do? I squished that because we are good at that. Humans are very good at compartmentalizing. So I put that away hmm. until I was much older. And then I had a couple of crushes here and there on women. I just never acted on it because I didn't want to. And then when I was married to my ex-husband, I was fiercely monogamous. I was married to the person that I, I liked to marry. I was married to him for a long time. I was happy being married to him. But then I knew in my heart always that I'm also attracted to women. It doesn't mean that because I'm attracted to women, I'm going to cheat right. on my which is what people think that being, bi being bisexual means you cheat. What, how does that even make sense? If you're with someone that you love, you're with someone that you love. When you're married to your wife or your husband, just because you're attracted to men, because you're married to a man, does it mean that every time you see a man, you cheat? No. And so again, coming back to the way people think and the way people process stuff, you, the best thing to do is to try to educate them or like she used to say, educate them. Mm -hmm. But clearly, not everybody's educable. And honestly, that's not my problem anymore. I yeah. choose about that. Now, do you have, um, Dr. Lulu, do you have um, children as clients as well as parents? Like, do you coach children solely, um, individually, like you do parents? Or is it always kind of a family type of session or environment? Actually, I don't coach families. That's the only thing I don't do. I do coach individual children. It's on my business card. I LGBTQ kids because again I, my practice that I had to shut down during the COVID was called the Tolulu's Youth Health Center and I only had youth and 80% of them were LGBT which is why I started thinking you know what I cannot try to fix these kids in quotes because they are suicidal I need to figure out the environment that is creating this child that is suicidal and right. that's why I'm going to work with the parents instead because as a parent, you are the most important person in your child's life. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are the most important person in your child's life. And so I was very happy to start coaching parents because I realized, hmm, if I coach, if I work with these, with these parents, if I work with these kids and get them feeling better, and then they go back to the same toxic environment, I haven't done any work. So why don't I try to see if I can work with the parents themselves? Mm -hmm. so can be who they are yeah. and Gail King show CBS this morning that's what I said the kids are they are who they are you just have to accept it and if you don't accept it that's not gonna change it <laughs> that thing yeah. right? the child will leave your home 
and maybe never come back and find their own tribe, find their own chosen family who accepts them. It's a, it's a whole vibe, <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. Tell us, because I know you've written several books, right? Um, give us the rundown of all of the books that you've written. Well, I'm having a hot flash up in here. <laughs> I'm tea and I'm in the basement. Um, so this is my first book. It's called How to Raise Well-Rounded Children. That's my baby. When they were that short, today they're up here. <laughs> um, that's when he was 12. And now he's... 17. So that's my baby. Mm-hmm. And my last This is my second book. It's called 18's Life. And it talks about 13 different teenagers or youth who are struggling with what we're talking about. Um, either sexual assault or one of them was a child bride and one of them was the absent father syndrome. One was a teen pregnancy. One had anorexia from 13 different, I think, countries of the world. I represented in the book um, just basically so that parents and teenagers alike can just figure out why do kids kill themselves. Ironically, one child in the book is actually loosely based on my own child. Mm. That child Nigerian father and um, Ghanaian mother because I realized that those are the two most homophobic countries in West Africa. And a lot of times any author will tell you that when they write something a lot of times it is, it has pieces of them in it. So um, there's one story that is about my child-ish, very loosely. Um, So the book is actually based on, so this one says internal conflict and external rejection. Rejection. That's based on, and so I said, my son is gay. I knew that as early as the age of 19 months. And obviously this book was written in 2019 and I just found it about the non-binary last year. So if I could, if I would rewrite this book, I would not say my son anymore, but I wrote the book before I found out. But the point I'm trying to make is that the, the child, the book is based on letters that the kids write to me. So you see, dear Dr. Lulu, mm-hmm. a letter telling me what's going on in their lives. And then I respond to them and then I discuss the case for the reader to see exactly what's going on in the child's life. And then my third book was this one that was written, actually was a blog that I wrote last year because someone in my neighborhood thought it was a good idea to call the police on my two kids while they were exercising in the neighborhood. So I wrote a blog, I went, I, I was very, very pissed off and when I wrote the blog and I think it got shared like 1600 times or something. And then somebody wrote a comment and said, this will make a good book. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so I made it into a book. Um, and then this is my last book, which is a book about, um, okay, this book is called How to Teach Your Children About Racism, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then it's called The Warrior Women Project, which is my, my latest book. We just did the book launch. And it is um, it's actually edited by me. But it's um, a book that is designed to match Miss Michelle Obama's book called Chasing Life, where she has pictures and words. So we have 22 women who have written their immigrant story. That's me. And um, yes, so this is my most recent book. And we actually just sent out the emails yesterday or two days ago for volume two of the book. Hmm. Really excited. That is awesome. That is awesome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. 
I'm Dana, aka DanaMike781, across the social medias, and I am here to tell you about my podcast that is currently streaming on your favorite listening platform. It's called This Should Be in a Book. People often tell me that the things I say should be in a book, but I didn't want to write a book. So I decided to release my knowledge podcast style. New episodes are available every Monday, and you'll be able to listen to my insight on this thing called life, three points into poem style, minus the poem. (laughs) So after you finish listening to this podcast, head on over to This Should Be in a Book to listen and subscribe. Hope you enjoy. How do you or how would you recommend us as a community? Because you know, because you're a part of our community, how we need to unlearn so many things that we've been taught uh, through generation after generation. How do you feel um, as a community? How can we do a better job of learning to be more accepting and loving and inclusive to all of our brothers and sisters, regardless of, you know, their sexual preference or gender orientation. Yeah, I like that. I like orientation better than um, preference. But here's the thing. I love this question because Michael Jackson said it a long time ago. I'm talking to the man in the mirror. So it's impossible to change anybody else outside of that person first. So you have to get with it first. One of the things I, I teach in my class is you need to create, I think in my A, B, C, D, E plus, the C is create a safe space in your heart first, then in your home, then in the community, school, church, wherever, for your child. Don't replace your child in the closet and become a closeted parent of a queer child. You need to own that that you are a parent of a queer child. And that will mean that some people in your life will have to go and some will not. And once you look at it, like what if it's easier than you think? What if it's easier than you think? Your sister gets married and changes her name and you call her Mrs. New Name every day. Your child, you know, decides that they are actually trans and change their name and you're like, oh my God, I can't change your name. No, what if it's easier than that? But ultimately, it's going to have to be you. And if you don't have any frame of reference, since you're in the Black community, take a look at how you feel when people are racist towards you. For something that you cannot change. For something that you did not create. For something that you have no power over. Someone wants to come over here and squish you to death because you're Black. How does that feel? And that's exactly where we want to begin. We want to start from... The fact that there's some things that you just cannot change, you have to accept. But you know what? If you choose not to accept it, that's a choice that you're making. That's okay too. But do know that your child is not choosing to be gay ever. One. Two, your child is unlikely to change because it's not a test. Let me see if it fits kind of thing. No. Now, there are kids out there who are not sure, and that is true, but they're going through something. But a child who is straight never is going through something. Never is not sure. That's how to look at it. Mm-hmm. child says, Mom, I'm not sure if I'm gay. Right there, that tells you that they're not straight. Whatever they are, they're not straight because straight people are never unsure of being straight. And then it's never, it's like, oh, let me choose to be gay. 
for a week. No, because people will bully you and might even kill you. Nobody chooses that. I don't know how many ways I can say it. It's not a choice. Not a choice. Ooh, ooh, that look. I have learned a lot, and um, again. This conversation, I think, is powerful because it's it's going to hopefully impact, maybe save a life, you know, restore relationships with parents and their loved ones or just family members or friends, um, because we have a lot of growing up to do. We have a lot of unlearning to do. And so um, your passion and your coaching and your business I think it's amazing and dope. And um, I'm just excited to get this podcast out, to be honest, to the masses, because um, this was just a great conversation. Hopefully you can re-release it for Black History Month. That would be good. I would um, love that. I would love that. And can can come back. Maybe I can come back. Or maybe we can get a whole panel for you. I mean, it's up to you, however you want to do this. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, we can figure it out. I would love to do that because we need to share this message because... It's a powerful message and it is needed and important. And I just hate to see so many children and so many people just live in fear mm-hmm. and hurt and rejection. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. It's- and that's why I said to you that the day I discovered, oh my God, this is why I was given a gay child. This, this work. You know how they say, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm like, I'm like, oh God, this is a huge thing to do. But if anybody can do it, it's me. Yes. The, the better I feel about doing it. The more I do it, the better I feel about doing it. And, and sometimes I don't want to do it. Even Jesus fell down on the on his way to Calvary, not once, not twice, but three times. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get up the next day and there's you and there are other people who's like, come on my podcast and be a speaker on my clubhouse or whatever and and okay okay all right um i'll do it for one more day you know <laughs> um, yeah so hopefully people can find me my website is dr-lulu.com i'm the only registered trademark dr lulu in north america there's no other which is great so um dr-lulu.com my books are also on my website, drlulubooks.com. Um, if you want to, you know, book me for speaking, you can find it on my website, dr-lulu.com. If you want to follow me on social media, which would be great to get some more, you know, this is and that. I do my own podcast on Instagram, which is at ask the word doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, Lulu, ask Dr. Lulu on Instagram and on Facebook. I do my podcast on Instagram and also it is on YouTube and it is on all other platforms where good podcasts can be listened to. It's called The Pride Corner, our coming out stories and more. But as at December 1st or maybe January 1st, I'm not sure yet, I'm going to start a new podcast called The Parent Pride Corner, where parents can come and talk about how happy and proud they are of supporting their kids and it's going to happen. I already have three parents that signed up and I haven't even started recording yet. So. I love it. I love it. Well, we are so happy for you. And yes, we are going to circle back um, and we'll make a panel happen. Like we will get the word. We got to get this word out, right? We have to change uh, the space and energy and the environment that we're in. And so I just think 
this is, a, again, a powerful message. So thank you so much again for being a guest on the show. You're welcome. Thank you so much. So follow me on social media or go on my website, dr-lulu.com, dr-lulu.com. And of course, Lulu is L-U-L-U. Thank you so much for your time. The wrap up uh, for today's show is actually kind of a continuation of the conversation Dr. Lulu and I were just having. And I couldn't help but think about uh, my cousin. I have a cousin who came out years ago. So I'm 42. He's a couple of years younger than me. Um, And we grew up in a family where... We had a lot of strong black men, you know, in our family. And he was the first um, family member to identify as being gay. And so as kids, we were super close as kids. Uh, We grew up closely together. I would spend the night, you know, at his house all the time and hang out with my cousins. Like all of us were super tight knit. And I mean, even as a kid, you know, you noticed some things like I could tell that he was quote unquote different, right? Like I could tell that it was potential for him to, you know, possibly be gay. Um, Little things, little signs, you know, that you can pick up on. Like he used to compliment my shoes like a lot or, you know, he used to love my hair or just certain mannerisms. Um that I used to pick up on and I would be like, "Mm, yeah, I could see that, you know. Um, But what stands out to me um, the most is just how he was received when he came out, like the, the reception and the response that he got. And it hurts me because no one necessarily shunned him, but I think the elder, some of the elders in our family wasn't necessarily like hey we love you anyway you know we we love you we accept you for who you are and whatever you choose to do um i don't think he necessarily got a warm response and i mean even from our peers like my even from us our cousins or his siblings i I don't necessarily think that he got the warmest response and unfortunately to this day like he doesn't come to family reunions we don't see him at family dinners like I'll run into him sometimes um, if I'm out hanging out in the city or dining out or something like that there have been times when I've run into him and just given him the biggest hug and just like hey I love you I miss you like let's think up but that just never happens So this conversation with Dr. Lulu is just so poignant because there are a lot of times in a lot of situations, unfortunately, where we lose touch from our loved ones and our family members because of a difference in lifestyles or a difference in in sexuality and what we're choosing to to live personally. And it's just not right. It's, It's not right. It doesn't sit well with me. Um, I can't make him come around. Um, I wish he would listen to this podcast. I might send it to him just to send him a message of everyone loves you. We miss you so much. Um, we want nothing more 
than to just be a family again and to see your beautiful face and have your spirit and your energy around us because you know you're an amazing person you always have been and we just have so many great memories as children so we miss you cuz we miss you we love you uh, we'll always be family no matter what and you know on behalf of our family we love you and we're sorry you know if you ever felt like you weren't accepted um and, and you weren't received um we love you and we're sorry and we hope you know we hope one day we can you know join together and fellowship again and so anyway that's for the wrap up i mean that the show was um you know it was insightful and um you know i hope you guys really received it and if there's anybody in your circle of influence that you feel like maybe you can reach out to or show love to or you know i know for me i'm going to try to learn more about um you know all of these nuances that i just i'm not familiar with i just don't know so much so much about the the community the lgbtq plus community has changed since i was a child so it's a lot that i don't even know um but a lot that i'm willing to learn about so um thanks for tuning in again guys and that's the wrap for today stay safe walk in love and peace thanks again for tuning in to today's show Please follow Faith Over Everything podcast on the following social media platforms. Faith Over Everything underscore podcast on Instagram. Or you can find us at Faith Over Everything podcast on Facebook. If you have any additional questions, suggestions, or would like to be a guest, feel free to email me directly at Faith Over Everything podcast, the number one at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, share, and like on all of the platforms. I am looking forward to engaging with you guys and have a great day.